Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. Well, we begin a new series today entitled Roadblocks, and our staff gets along really great, but you know what we argue about? Graphics like that. <laughs> we, we, we went round and round and round, but then when Pastor Seth had that sheep get hit by the train, we all giggled and we're all in, and we're not even that concerned if you like it or not. It, it just, it, like, I'm tempted to make them play it again. It is that funny. We're talking about these roadblocks to the Christian faith, roadblocks to our Christian uh, journey. Today, we're going to talk about forgiveness, which uh, Dalton just sang beautifully about that concept of forgiveness and forgiving others. And we're going to look at this, this idea and truth of unforgiveness being a roadblock to our Christian journey, our faith path, our, our, our journey. It just impedes our spiritual journey. Next week, uh, Daniel, our, uh, our uh, student pastor, he's going to talk about unforgiveness of ourselves. Today, I want us to look at that, that forgiveness as it relates to others. And Daniel is going to take a look at how unforgiveness can be a roadblock in that it relates to ourself. And then uh, Pastor Seth, the following week, he's going to talk about self-centeredness. And then uh, Pastor Jesse on the fear of the unknown. And then lastly, uh, Jeff. Jeff told us that he was perfect for this one because he has it conquered the area of pride. And so, uh, yeah, you'll get that later. But uh, the, so he's going to talk to us about pride. And uh, so it'll be a, a wonderful journey as we go through this. Now, make no mistake about these roadblocks. When we think of a roadblock, we think of it as something that someone else put in front of us. That is not the type of roadblock we are talking about. These are roadblocks that literally we have placed in front of of our spiritual journey. And so what is impeding us is something that we have placed there and only we have the ability to remove uh, the roadblock. Maybe to, to help us understand that concept a little bit, uh, I, I was talking with Pastor Seth this week and I noticed he wasn't driving his car to work. He recently got a Mini Cooper, I really like it. And for about the last week or so, he hasn't been driving and I said, hey, what happened to the Cooper? Did it already break down? What's going on? And he goes, no, it's in my driveway, but I told the roofers to drop the materials on the right side of the driveway, right behind my car. And so that's on him, right? And so you can't blame the roofers for doing what they were told to do. And Pastor Seth didn't know it was going to rain for 10 days, and so his poor car sat there for 10 days. But that's the type of roadblock we're talking about. These are roadblocks that we have put in front of us. It's an issue that we have done in our own heart. And so as a result, it's up for us to be the ones to initiate, to remove uh, the roadblock. And so today we're going to look at this unforgiveness towards others and, and this one being the first roadblock. Again, these are not in any order. They are all roadblocks, but unforgiveness is the first one we'll look at today. Unforgiveness towards others. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, if you would. We're going to be in Matthew and then also in 2 Corinthians. Our main text will be from 2 uh, Corinthians today. 
Matthew chapter five, verse 23 and 24 says this. If you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and then go be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. I would love to tell you that I've done a lot of research and I have discovered that this contextually has no meaning for us today because we're not here to sacrifice two doves at the altar. Unfortunately, I was unable to arrive at that conclusion. This applies to us in every way. And so while it's a little bit different in that we're not coming to the church house with our sacrificial offerings, whether it be an animal, be it whatever, we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And so now our sacrifice is our worship uh, to him and, uh, and, and multiple our service, our finances and things that we give to him. And this is what scripture is saying. It literally means today that it would be better, and we should, if we have something in our life that we need to go reconcile with another person, the command is to get up right now and go make it right. And that is a tough command because some of us have put this roadblock there of unforgiveness and we've let it kind of come transparent. We found workarounds around it. This, this really doesn't apply to me because that's rough. And so I sort of apologize to you today in that if this is an issue for you, I am now painting that roadblock, building it a little bit taller and it is going to be straight up in your way. And the Lord might already be dealing with you in your mind of something you need to take care of. But the reason I don't apologize is because there's something beautiful about the Lord pressing on your heart. There's something beautiful about the Lord stirring you and making us uncomfortable. There's just something beautiful about the Lord speaking to us, even when it's a negative. He loves us that much that he wants us to take care of this. Because if we don't, we cannot move forward. And that's the image of the roadblock. The roadblock is there, and in order to move forward, we need to remove the roadblock. Here's the broad principle of those verses. If, if we are not right with each other, if I have someone else in a relationship here on this earth that I am not right with, that, that means that I am not right, my heart is not right with God. And put it a different way. And and let's take it back to worship. We can't worship God with a sincere spirit if we are unrepentant in another relationship. You see where I'm going? If if, if, If our relationship with someone else is in distress, it brings distress on our fellowship with God. Do not mistake this for salvation, not salvation or eternal judgment. Jesus has paid the price for our sins. These are roadblocks we need to remove out of the way. Something God is chipping away at us in that process of sanctification. And when we remove this block in front of us, we're able to move forward. 
and so our fellowship with God. Some of us are trying to do great things for God. We're trying to do something different. We wanna do this, we wanna do that. But God keeps on pointing back to something in your life. And maybe today it's the roadblock of unforgiveness towards others. Maybe later on it's, it's gonna be pride or self-centeredness or, or that fear of the unknown or what Daniel will talk about tomorrow. Maybe you just haven't forgiven yourself for something. So those are the roadblocks that we'll talk about that we need to remove so that we can move forward. Let's pray before we, we handle this topic. Father, I love you and I pray that you would just take my words and Lord, would you make them yours? Father, whatever comes out of my mouth, I pray that you would translate it in the ears of those who are here and may they hear what you have to say, not what I have to say. And Father, I just pray that you would bring your spirit upon us, Lord, and open our ears to your word this morning that your word could be very clear. And Father, we love you and and we thank you for caring enough for us that you move us forward in these steps, even though they're uncomfortable. Father, we ask this in your precious name of Jesus, amen. As we look at these roadblocks as they're ours to move, and so I wanna identify two portions of it. And so the, the verse I read, go and be reconciled to that person, then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. That is when we are the offender. And so we have wounded someone else. And so if you have wounded someone else, that is the command that we would stand up before we move on anything in our relationship with God, in, our, in, our, in, in what we offer to the Lord that we would go and be reconciled. That's his, his command. The other side of that is when we are the offended. So the first one is when we are the offender. We have, done so, we have wounded someone else. The second one is when we have been wounded by another. And that one gets a little bit more difficult in that we need to offer that forgiveness out. Uh, Peter went to Jesus and he asked him a very difficult question. Matthew chapter 18 He said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? And Peter throws out an analogy. Hey, how about seven times? Isn't that one of the godly numbers? And Jesus goes, no, no, it's not not seven times, Peter, 70 times seven. And I imagine Peter kind of stepped back. We've been talking a lot about Peter in the last few weeks. And I imagine he stepped back and was like, whew, All right, but let me tell you what Peter didn't do that we can have a tendency to do. Peter didn't make a rule. He didn't get a calculator out and multiply 70 times seven and say, that's the magic number. You can't just sit down one night, get out your phone and text someone, copy and paste something 70 times seven times, however many times that is. That, that, that becomes just checking a box. That becomes following a rule. What God is saying there is that we are to relentlessly pursue forgiveness. It's a matter of our heart. And, and what we're gonna see in our main passage in uh, 2 Corinthians is that there is a process that God gives for us to do and there is a reason why forgiveness is so important in the life of a Christ follower. Listen to the big idea for today. It's a little bit long, but you'll get the idea. It talks about the past, present, and the future. Uh, Unforgiveness, it chains us to the past, it poisons the present, and it keeps us from what the Lord has for the future. And so 
unforgiveness in our lives, whether it's we are the offended or the offendor, unforgiveness will chain us to the past. It'll, it'll poison the present, and then it keeps us from what the Lord has uh, for the future. And now I, I want to stop, and you are not going to like me for this one. But I want to ask you, and I want you to, to, to pause for a moment. When you first heard the word forgive this morning, what was the name that came to your mind? Did the Lord instantly bring a name to your mind when the topic of forgiveness came up? Did you consider leaving because you didn't want to deal with the topic of forgiveness? The Lord will often bring a name up, and I, I want you to consider that name today of what the Lord is asking you to do. And that's the word we like to call conviction. He might be stirring something up in your life that he would want you to do. And so just thinking about that name right now, here's what I want you to understand. The first part of that was that unforgiveness chains us to the past. It might be that you are literally shackled to another person and you're not even aware. It affects you and it's poisoning the current. And the bottom line is they own you. They've got way too much real estate in your head, as we say it. You're thinking about them way too often. It is, it is messing with your past. It is affecting your current. And as a result, it is a roadblock in your spirit spiritual journey that, that has, has blocked you from moving forward to where God wants you to go. And here's something we cannot say. There is a tendency to say, I don't care. But there's something I've learned about that phrase. When I make a decision that I don't care about something and I keep telling myself I don't care, 10, 20, 80 times a day, apparently, apparently, I care because I'm letting it fester up too much. But you know what, as Christians, here's what you're gonna find out. We can't even say that. And that's where it almost disappoints me. I, I do not have the right as a Christ follower to say, I don't care because I was created to care. I am a new creation and I am created to care. Turn with me if you would to 2 Corinthians chapter five and we're gonna take a look at God's model of love and forgiveness. And there's gonna be some things in here and you're gonna see uh, where it's gonna, it's gonna move us to the why of why we have to forgive, that we do not have an option. 2 Corinthians chapter five, we're gonna look at verses 14 through 20. Look at verse 14. It says this, and I would underline it in your Bible. It says, Christ's love controls us. Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Our old life is gone. Our new life is here. And Christ's love controls us. Now that doesn't mean that Christ is, his love is controlling your every move. He's making your mouth move. He's making your hands move. He's making your feet move. It doesn't mean that at all. I want you to think of it in terms like this. When we say Christ's love controls us, Here's how it controls, it limits our options. For example, 
we don't have the right to say, I don't care. Because Jesus cares deeply about that person. And so we're, we're limited in our options of how we can relate to other people. Why? Because of the love of Jesus Christ that is in us. And now let me give you two lenses for today as we move forward. Number one, uh, I want to acknowledge that in the room, online, are Christ followers. But it would be terrible to not recognize that in the room, online, are people who are maybe still seeking God out and haven't made that step of commitment with God. And so as you listen today, I want you to identify your own filter for as we talk. If you are a Christ follower, what we're talking about today is a command. This is something that God has, has done and we are to model it. And I'm going to show you why we need to model it in a moment. But this is a command for us to forgive. And so he commands us, hence the roadblock, to forgive others. If, if you have not made that decision for Christ, here's the filter I want you to listen to. And I'll be talking mostly to Christ followers, and so this is why I'm giving this filter. I want you to listen to the filter of what Jesus is saying about you. And so while this is a command for Christ followers, if you're not yet a Christ follower, there is not a roadblock in front of you of forgiving another person. You see, your roadblock is just accepting that relationship with him. And so for the lens for a Christ follower today is a command. The lens for a one who is seeking Christ today is I want you to hear this as an opportunity. I want you to hear what Christ has done for you. I want you to hear that there's nothing that you have done to another person, to him, to anyone that is so egregious that God would not reconcile with you, that God would not forgive you. And so in everything I talk about, I want you as one who has never accepted Christ, I want you to hear the opportunity that is being presented you in the form of us listening to how God commands us to forgive. And so look what Christ did, remembering this, unforgiveness chains us to the past, poisons the present, and keeps us from what the Lord has for our future. Verse 15 says, he died for everyone. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. There's kind of two concepts in there. Number one, he died for everyone. It is available to everyone. But then he said, so that those who receive. And so this will come into play a little bit later, but, but he has offered it but he will not force reconciliation upon you in the same way we can't force reconciliation upon another person. But listen to this, he died for everyone. And so think about this. If you refuse to forgive, if you refuse to forgive, whether it be the name that came to your head or anybody else, then your standards for people are higher than God's. And that's tough to stomach. But that is the reality. That's, in many ways, churches are, are you know, accused of being hypocritical and judgmental. And, and people will come in and they'll feel that judgment from another person. And that is, that is egregious on that end because God's love is 
freeing and accepting of everyone. If you're online today and, and you choose not to come to a building because you feel condemnation and judgment, we apologize. That's, that's not God's way. And what has ended up is we have raised our standard for people higher than God. And God simply wants to reconcile with everyone, freely available. And so I hope you are hearing the tremendous forgiveness that God has for each of us. Look at verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So God offers the reconciliation freely. And he wants to remove those chains. He wants to unshackle us, number one, from anything in our past that is keeping us from moving forward. And so he wants to set us free. Before we move any further, though, sometimes what we really need to take a look at is when we talk about forgiveness, you might have a preconceived idea of what forgiveness is. I know I do. And so I want to clearly identify a few things that forgiveness is not. And so that's important to understand as we move forward because this roadblock is not cemented and galvanized in. This roadblock, what God is going to ask you to do with it, you will be able to do. And so number one, forgiveness is not approving of sin. Forgiveness is not approving of sin. We don't make light or excuse the wrong. You're forgiving the person. You're not, you're not excusing the act. Forgiveness is not ceasing to feel the pain. Sometimes we confuse reconciliation, we confuse forgiveness because the pain is still there. Well, forgiveness doesn't mean that the pain will go away. It just doesn't. The pain is real, the pain hurts. Forgiveness is a matter of the heart. You're giving your hurt to Christ and taking it off that person who hurt you. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. In scripture, uh, it defines God as one who remembers our sin no more. What that means is, is God will never hold that sin against us. It's as if we never did it. That's our goal, but it's very hard as people. And so forgiveness is not forgetting. So what I tell you is that you're going to struggle with forgetting about it. But your issue, your challenge, is to never hold it against that person again. But now let's talk a little bit further. And this is where I want to be clear because I, I want to acknowledge that we're not always talking about someone stole $10 from me. Sometimes the level of forgiveness that we're talking about is egregious. And so listen to these last two clearly. Forgiveness is not always restoring trust. Forgiveness is not always restoring trust. Trust takes time to build. Quickly given away. Lost. And so it doesn't even mean that we, you know, stop seeking justice for a person. You know, it, it, it doesn't mean that we abandon the entire sin and we become a doormat. 
And let me, let me put the example to it because you have to attach something egregious to it. But I, I don't put my kids back in the care of someone who hurt them. I'll forgive them. I'll seek reconciliation. I'll do that with the power of God. I've not been faced with that. And so I'm not making light of it. But I know that my responsibility would be to forgive and that's on my end. In fact, it might not mean forever. In fact, it could mean not even the same state. You're gonna stay away from me and my family. But forgiveness is that matter of the heart. And let me clear it up a little bit more. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is offered, but not necessarily received. You see, we can only forgive. That's, that's our role. In the same way that God did not force reconciliation upon you, if you've not accepted the relationship with God, then he has offered forgiveness for you. But he will not demand reconciliation. That, that's the beauty of God. That's, that's why we can have a relationship with God, because he doesn't force his relationship upon us. So in the same way, when, when you go to forgive or seek forgiveness, what you do is a matter of what you do with your heart. And so reconciliation might not always happen. And though that's not what you want, it's okay. And so God has not forced that reconciliation on us so we cannot force it on others. Only one party is needed for forgiveness. That's me. And that's you. And so what forgiveness ends up doing is it unhooks us from the hurtful person, even in the most egregious sense. It unhooks us from that person. Um, in maybe a, a less egregious way, um, I've, I've used this example in here before, but how, how unforgiveness can chain you to another person. They end up controlling you instead of God's love, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, for example, if, if you've got an issue with another person and that relationship is strained, you might not know it, but they are controlling you. How? You might be choosing to shop at a different Walmart than you would prefer to shop at. Why? You might run into them. You might choose a different target. You might choose a different church. And those are dangerous things because those people are controlling you because you haven't offered that forgiveness. You haven't sought out that forgiveness. As soon as you offer forgiveness, you're no longer chained to them. Because even if reconciliation didn't happen, God has set you free and you can move forward. You can stay in your church. You can go back to your church. You can go back to that Walmart. You can go back to that Target. Because if you run into them, it doesn't matter. It is an issue that has been resolved in your head and they no longer have the real estate in your mind. Now, here's the question. Why can we not move forward? Milt, why do you keep saying that? Why, why is forgiveness a roadblock to our relationship with God? Well, listen to what the scripture says. It's huge. Uh, verses uh, 18 on, it says, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Circle in your Bible the word task or highlight it. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ 
ambassadors. And then look at this next line. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Why is forgiveness so important? Why is unforgiveness a roadblock? We are carrying the message of God and we do that by modeling the message of God. We say it all the time. People wanna see what you do before they want to hear what you have to say. We are modeling that message of Christ. That's why this is so important. That's why the roadblock, it, it cuts right to the very core of our relationship with God because people are evaluating God's level of forgiveness based on our level of forgiveness. We are the examples, we are the ambassadors. We carry, we embody, we model the message. And God's love is just rich. It's lavish. Loop back to that person you were thinking about. And I want you to consider honestly, if you refuse to forgive that person, deal with this in your heart and ask yourself if it's true. Are your standards for people higher than God's? If we loop all the way back to Matthew chapter five, I wanna show you how it's a heart issue. It wasn't just a simple command. It was an example within the context of loving God with your heart and not just checking boxes. This Matthew chapter five, when he talked about, you know, leave your gift at the altar and, and go and be reconciled and then come back. He said that in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. And in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, he knew he had an audience that was listening to him. And, and a large portion of the audience were rule followers. They were following Old Testament rules and using those to gain favor with God. And so they felt like if they checked the box, then they were in good standing with God. And scripture says, do not murder. And so they checked the box, haven't murdered anybody, I'm good. Well, Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not good enough just to not murder somebody. Listen to what he says in uh, Matthew uh, chapter five. This is verses uh, 22. He says, but I say, even if you're angry with someone, even if you're angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. And so don't check about, in that same context, he lists out different things. And, and one of the ones, maybe the easiest for us to understand is they had a rule to not commit adultery. And so... Probably the men checked a box, haven't committed adultery. And what did Jesus say? He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not good enough to just say you didn't commit adultery. He goes, I want you to guard your eyes. Don't, don't even look on another person. If you're married and your spouse is with you, especially if you're man, do you think your wife would believe it's good enough if you just don't commit adultery? No, I think she wants you to keep your eyes only on her because that's a matter of the heart. When you start just checking boxes in your Christian faith, 
you're no longer following the spirit. You're no longer, you're, you're, you're no longer operating out of a part of your heart. You're just trying to check a box and move forward. Jesus was talking to rule followers. Don't be a rule follower. Don't be a rule follower. The world talks about limits. And when you become a rule follower, you're gonna excuse away and you're gonna manipulate scripture to the point to where you do not have to offer that forgiveness to that person or receive that forgiveness from that person. And when you become the rule follower, then you will shade things to favor you because the world teaches that there are limits to how much we love people. Jesus teaches there is no limit and we have to follow his model. And we are bound and limited by the love of Christ that is within us. Before I get to our next steps, I wanna make one last plea because I believe this conversation is, uh, is very important to our, our spiritual life when we talk about forgiveness uh, towards others. If something has happened in your life, the, the name that, that comes to your mind, if something is so egregious that you just don't even know how to deal with it. You know, if it is something to do with your kids or something to do with you personally or something that is just beyond your average issue of forgiveness, I wanna encourage you, there is no way we could handle that entire discussion in 30 minutes. And so I wanna encourage you for your next step to be that you would go talk to somebody. It might be the first step of just opening up and saying, I need forgiveness, I need to give forgiveness and start that conversation. We have a wonderful uh, counseling ministry, Life Touch Counseling. We have multiple counselors, uh, Mike Wilson uh, here nearly every day and we would love to connect you with him. And so don't take what we have said and not move forward in those areas that, that are, are deeply troubling. If, if you're looking at me and you're saying, Milt, you just don't understand. Well, I'm trying to communicate to you that I kind of do and I fully realize that we can't handle that topic in 30 minutes. Please, please get help. My email address is milt at m1bc.org and I will help you in any way. Uh, Pastor Jeff is on m1bc.tv and Facebook right now. If you're watching online, hit him up in the chat and we would love to talk with you further about next steps in those type issues. Now, two quick next steps. As the offender, if you are the one who offended, step one, next step for you, take responsibility and move forward. Matthew 5, it says, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go and be, take initiative. Take responsibility, actually initiative for the next one, but take responsibility, own your part of it and go and seek forgiveness, go and seek the reconciliation. If you are the one who has been offended, then you need to take initiative and move forward. It's still on you. The next step is still yours, even though that you're the one that, as the Christ follower, the roadblock is there. And so the next step is to remove the roadblock and go speak to that person and pursue forgiveness relentlessly, just as Jesus told Peter to offer forgiveness, not just seven times Peter, that's a quick answer. Peter, just pursue it relentlessly, 70 times seven. Because here's the problem, unforgiveness 
It's a roadblock that keeps us from moving forward and it really will chain us to the past. It will poison the present and it'll keep us from what the Lord has for the future. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and thank you for your forgiveness of us. Father, help us to forgive